Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Jesus, we thank you today for your presence. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. Come in this room. Come in every heart. Lord, we don't want to just hear another message. There are people here today who need to hear the word of the Lord. And I pray, God, that you will prepare hearts to receive. Lord, let us hear what heaven is saying. Not what I'm saying, but what you're saying, God. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one who transforms, not man. And we give you the glory today. We give you the free reign to touch hearts. Just open up your hearts today and just welcome him to receive the word of God. Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story today. Um, And I got a word, I believe that, I really feel that even through the worship today and some of the things that Dan has led us in, and he had no idea what I was going to be preaching on. We don't let each other know, but I really believe God wants to speak into your hearts Today, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I want to tell you today, you are highly favored. I know you don't believe it sometimes. You are highly favored. He says you are highly favored. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I'm just going to throw a little nugget in there. I meet a lot of people who say to me they see angels all the time. And uh, bless you if you do. But I want to say that most of the time people met angels in the Bible, they were scared. They were afraid. In fact, they always had to say to them, don't be afraid. And so some of us sometimes, we've got to be actually aware that if we encounter an angel... There's going to be a holy fear that comes on us. And it's not just a a flippant thing. Do not be afraid. Where was I? Verse 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And her response is this, verse 34. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. 
I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why I am so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Amen. This is the Christmas story. And you can hear in this story parts of another person. And that is Elizabeth who is also going to bear a child. And that is John the Baptist. That's another special child, but we know he's not as special as Jesus, but he's going to be special. And so there's a contrast and there's a a mixture in this story of two people who were receiving news of of a birth that is orchestrated by heaven. Do you know, when I read the Christmas story every year, we always come around, you feel, we've got to preach a message at Christmas, and it's good to do that, but... I want to preach on the Christmas story today, but I also want to talk to you about something that is significant throughout the Christmas story. And that is that many times when we read it, we see the plays, we watch more nativity plays at our school over the years. And the thing that seems evident is that in the plays, there's lots of characters. There are lots of characters, there's lots of angels, there's the shepherds, there's the wise men. There's all of these characters in the play. But very rarely and probably never do you see a character in a play that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is never mentioned. You know, I've been to most school plays. I've never heard them saying the Holy Spirit is directing them and doing this. We see all the characters, all the drama, but we don't hear about the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something today that I love the wise men. I love the donkey in the story. And I, in fact, is that in the Bible? But I love all of these things. Last uh, Many years ago, we've still got it on YouTube. My son was a donkey, I think. And he was playing in a play and ended up having a fight with one of the shepherds downstairs. It was, it was horrendous. That's why we get Danny in now. It's so much easier. It's just so much easier. Get a guest in. And, uh, you know, the health and safety that day. And, uh, but what I want to say is, in the story, there's many characters. But the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, is the key character in the Christmas story. In our lives, what you find is this, that we tend to run to drama and tend to run to people and not God to orchestrate our lives. In fact, as, as believers, what we do is we, we tend to want to find experience and characters and people to help us on our journey. And it's like, well, well, I need to find the next best person on YouTube. I need to find the next best preacher or the next best book because I'm going through a tough season and, and I know God's with me, but I really need to find some guidance, direction. So I'm going to look for the drama. I'm going to look for the places where God seems to be moving. That's where I'm going to be. But let me tell you today, the most important character you need in your life 
is not man or woman. It's not anyone other than the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the one. He is the spirit behind the Christmas story. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? The title of the message today is Rediscovering the Christmas Spirit. Rediscovering the Christmas Spirit. We were just at a funeral just this weekend uh, for Emma's gran, a dear lady who believed in God. And I believe today she is with her Savior because I really believe she knew God. And one of the things she used to do when she was younger, I I believe, is she was a, a prompter in a play. So if all of her, uh, some of her children, they, they were in TV, they were in different plays, lots of different things on BBC. But her as a, as a role, when she was a mother, she was a prompter in, in local amateur dramatics. So she knew what it was to, to sit in the stage, low down, and no one would ever see her really, but she would prompt if anyone forgot their lines. You know, she would cue to say, it's time for you to come in and and I, I don't know if you've ever been a, a school player, but sometimes I'm trying to watch the kids, but I get fascinated by the prompters because I couldn't do that. You know, I'd forget what to say. And we were at one the other day, and, 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 our, and our, our son Jacob, he started laughing halfway through the band playing, and, and I'm thinking, please stop laughing because you're embarrassing me. And so he's laughing, and the, and the, and the prompter's there doing everything, and, and she's trying to keep it all under control. But the crowds at the back couldn't see the prompter. Thankfully, I had a a seat at the front. I could see what she was doing. And the Holy Spirit is like this in the Christmas story. You don't see Him, but He's active. Because He is the one that orchestrates the story. And He is orchestrating your lives. Let me tell you, there's one of the things Danny said this morning. He said that sometimes in our lives we, we're thinking God has forgotten us. Do you ever feel like that? I do. You know, I can, I can wake up in the morning and think, has God forgotten about me? Everyone else seems to be going through a great season. Has God forgotten about me? And actually, I want to tell you today some really good news. No matter how you feel today, how low you feel, the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, is orchestrating. He is the prompter of your life. He is behind the scenes of your life. In Galatians 5.25, Paul says this, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. We've got to, in our lives, be people who keep in step with what the Holy Spirit is doing. And the problem is we get distracted by the drama. We get distracted by people. I want to just encourage you today, if there's anything I'm going to say to you that is, and you're thinking, well, is this, is this anything special? Is there anything new? You've got to remind yourself the Holy Ghost is behind your life. He is orchestrating your life. You know, just the other week, we set our Christmas tree up and we put everything on. We put the decorations. We were getting everything out. But the first thing you've got to put on is the lights, isn't it? You've got to get the lights on. Otherwise, you put the lights on after. It's a disaster. And Emma, for some reason, I seem to get this job every year of putting our Christmas tree. Uh, she puts it up and then she says, you do the lights. And um, so we, we get everything out. I've been in the loft about six times trying to find all the decorations. And um, 
I'm looking through and we cannot find the lights. We bought them last year. We bought a new set last year in the, in, in the sale. And I can't find these lights. So we're looking around and, you know, Christmas is supposed to be a happy time. If you just see me at this point, I didn't look too happy. You know, the, the children were playing the Christmas songs and I'm trying to be in the festive spirit. And I ended up being at Tesco's. Thankfully, Bar Hill's open 24 hours. And I go up to Tesco's and I creep in there to get some lights. And I'm stood at the light section and, and, I, and I see there's all of these different options. you got 150 lights, 250 lights for 15 pounds, or you can have 500 lights. All of these options and I'm stood there on my own until two guys stand next to me. And, and as they stood next to me, I'm looking at them and I thought, am I asking for his advice? Because I have no idea how many lights need to go on the sides for our tree. So I said, have you got any idea? Uh, can I ask you, how many lights do you think I'll need for a six foot tree? Because I'm wondering whether to get the one that's 150 rather than 250 just to save a few quid. Do you know, he turned around, he looked at me and said, if I, I've got a six foot tree, I've got 800 on mine. <laughs> he did. Then he got his phone out, he got photos of his house covered in lights Here's me choosing between 150 and 250. He's got 800 on his six-foot tree, and his house is covered in lights. Then another guy walks up. He says, oh, yeah, I got the 350. And I stood there amongst these guys, and I'm thinking, you know, I feel inadequate now. My children have been deprived. Do I get the colored flashing, the white? These guys were stood there. They knew everything about Christmas lights, let me tell you. Let me tell you, isn't it getting like that? Down our street, there's like a competition. And I found myself feeling inadequate, feeling like I needed to then. Actually, I've got, to, I've got to have more light. I've got to have more. I've got to do more to be like everyone else. And in your life, what happens is this. You try to be like other people. You try to compare. You try to run after characters. You try to run after drama. But Jesus is saying, I've got something unique for you. I've got something special for you. I've called Mary, I called her, and I, and, I, and, I, and I did this something special that would release the destiny of many people and the promise that was given to Abraham. But I've got something special for you. Unique. Stop looking at other people. The Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. And He'll show you what he wants to do in your life. John 14, 26, Jesus said this, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We need the Holy Spirit. I put here that life by the Spirit is not a pursuit of the next great experience, but a pursuit of God's presence marked by a lifestyle of obedience. So many people think that living life by the Spirit is finding the next great experience. Finding the next move of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. You can go to every conference. I love the conferences. I was at one just the other week. And I was pursuing God and I love being in His presence. But let me tell you, it doesn't end when the conference ends. If it does, you're relying on sensuality. If your move of the Spirit... And the Holy Ghost moving in your life ends when you walk out of an arena. Then you are trusting on sensuality and not the Holy Ghost. 
Life by the Spirit is marked by a humble pursuit of His presence that will be seen by obedience in your life. I don't want to just run after the next great experience. So how can we, how can we be people like Mary who welcome the Holy Spirit to guide us in our lives and to reveal what God wants to do. Number one, humility welcomes the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. The first response that Mary says when the angel declares this is this, how will this be? I don't know about you, but have you ever had those prophetic words that you're thinking, this, how's it going to happen? How on earth, how on earth, what this man or this woman has said to me, how's it going to happen? Because it's just impossible. Well, welcome to the club. Because when God speaks to you, if he ever reveals what he's going to do in your life, it's always good if it's impossible. Because if it's possible, then it's not really God. Because God always shows you stuff that by nature and the way that we work wouldn't happen. He always reveals something because he's a supernatural God. So when he says to Mary, he says, you're going to have a son. She's like, how? How? How's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. I'm not even with man. I'm, how on earth is this going to happen? Tell me. How will this be? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power, listen to this, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Wow. If there's anything to hear today, it's this. Because listen to me. When you in your life have received a prophetic word, when God has spoken to you in your prayer time and told you what He's going to do in your life, and you're saying to yourself, it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. How will this be? Let me tell you some good news. The power of the Holy Spirit can do it. The power of the Holy Ghost the Most High. Do we believe what we sing? Do we believe when we say there is power in the name of Jesus? Well, you know, there's power in the name of Jesus. Thinking about your, your problems at home, your gas bill. There is power in... There is power. The Holy Ghost has power to do what is impossible. You see, Mary didn't work for the achievable. She waited for the impossible. She didn't work for the achievable. You see, she could have gone and said, well, do you know, I, I, I think, I think I'm going to try and find myself a man. I'm going to try and orchestrate this because it's impossible. If I orchestrate it, then it might... No, the Holy Spirit is the orchestrator. He is the one who tells you what's going to happen. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, He says, this is what will happen. The power of the Holy Spirit, the Most High, will overshadow you. Wow. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes what you can do is you can receive prophetic words five, ten years ago, whatever it is, a few weeks ago, and you can try and work for the achievable. God says, stop working for the achievable. Wait for the impossible. Wait for the impossible. Because it's coming. I remember when we had our, our first, first boy, Jacob, and we went for the 12, before we went to the 12-week scan, the, one of the first things they did is they said, a lady comes around to our house with this little kit, and she puts it on, it's called a Doppler, and they put it onto the belly, and you can listen to the heartbeat. Wow, I was, I was just loving this. I was loving it that much, I got my laptop out, I got a microphone and plugged it in and said, can I record it? I made an MP3 of my son's heartbeat at 12 weeks. I've still got it. I don't listen to it often. It's a bit out of beat sometimes. But I got this MP3 because I was amazed I could hear this. Let me tell you something today. Mary did not have 3D sonographers. She didn't have Dopplers. She did not have any kit to tell her what was happening inside. And for all the time she waited, she had to wait knowing that the impossible is this happening until she probably started getting a little bit bigger. You see that first period of that release of that word to her to that moment of getting a little bit bigger because there's, there's a season and you men know it when, 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 you're, when, you're, when your wives are a little bit tired. No, nothing much has happened other than they're a bit tired. But let me tell you something. She didn't have the technical equipment, but she trusted God. She trusted for the impossible. Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. It's not by your might. It's not by your power, but it's by His Spirit. You see, the problem is, is when we try to build the achievable, so we try to do what we think outside of God's timing. Do you know what happens? We build something ourselves that we can't sustain. It ends up tiring us out. You see, I put here, whatever you try to build yourself will only ever be sustained by yourself. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a person who builds vision or builds things for my life that are orchestrated by me and not the Holy Spirit. Because all I'll ever do is try and sustain something that's not God. Did you know they did that when they built the Tower of Babel? They built something because they were building outside of God's idea. It says this, Genesis 11... One to nine, they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They wanted strong bricks. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. Why did they do this? So that we may make a name for ourselves. When you try to build the achievable... It's because you want to build something for you. You want to build something that shows you off. But let me tell you, God wants you to build what shows Him off. He wants you in your life not to become famous, not to become some, the next best person for God, but to show Him off. 
They said we want to build for ourselves. Come on, let's get the best bricks. We'll bake these thoroughly so they're strong. We're going to build, build, build. We're going to get as high as we can. We're going to show people because we're going to get a name for ourselves. Do you know what that is? It's the devil. The devil wants you and me to start building outside of God's prophetic picture. So we build a tower that actually we'll never be able to sustain. I want to encourage you today, let's, let's build what God is building. Let's build His story. Let's build what He is doing. But our nature wants to build the physically possible. Mary realized that she needed divine intervention. She needed the Holy Spirit. She needed outside intervention that was above and beyond because the vision was too big for her. Let me tell you, when God gives you big vision, you're going to need Him. You cannot build it on your own. You cannot build anything without Him. This is what the angel said. The power of the Most High, listen to this, will overshadow you. Not the, the power of the Most High will, will do the job. No, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Do you know what overshadow means? You're out of the picture. John the Baptist said, may there be less, less of me and more of him. He wanted to reduce so that Jesus would increase. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he overshadows you. So you actually become less of the scene. When the Holy Spirit overshadows, releases the power to distribute what He wants to do in your life, actually what should happen is, you shouldn't become more famous, you should become less famous. Because when He overshadows you, His power puts you outside the picture. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll overshadow us. Overshadow us so that we become less And Jesus becomes more today. Amen. Luke 24, Jesus promised the disciples that they would be clothed with power. I find it interesting this. In 2449, Luke 2449, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. If you go back just a few verses... Jesus has just met these disciples and they've all been touching his body and seeing the holes in his hands and his feet. They, they saw this physical resurrected Jesus. They see him and they have this experience, this encounter with Jesus that if you'd have seen that, you'd have been like, this is it. I've seen what I've seen. I've got the information. I've seen the revelation. Now... God is with me. But Jesus knew that it wasn't about just one meeting. It was about being clothed with the Holy Ghost. So he said to them, hang on, don't move yet. I know you've seen my, the holes in my hands. I know you've had information and revelation, but you need some transformation. You need the Holy Ghost to clothe you. To change you. To put you aside so it's not about you telling the story. But it's about my spirit within you. 
You see, if they'd have gone around and not waited for the Holy Ghost, and I see some people today that sometimes I wonder whether they are filled with the Holy Ghost, that actually they, they, they lead their Christian lives on information revelation. But there's no transformation. You need to be clothed with the Holy Ghost. We need a church here that's on fire for Jesus. We're not just here today to sing a few songs. We want to be on fire with the Holy Ghost. He says, hang on. Wait. Wait. Don't just rely on my hands. Don't just rely on my feet. Don't just rely on seeing in one meeting a special time. Don't rely on this, guys. You don't understand. There's something more. You need to be clothed with power from on high. Because if you want to build the church, Peter, if you want to get through seasons where you don't deny me again, Peter, you're going to need the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, you can imagine Peter would be saying again, but God, you, you know, Jesus, we've seen you. Look at this. We've got enough. We know now. We know now. No, 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 no. You need to be clothed with If you're a Christian and you've given your life to Jesus, some of us sometimes are in that position where we're saying, I've I've had an experience. I've seen something. I've seen God and I've experienced something. Let me tell you, it's more than experience. To be clothed is to be be fully consumed. And I just ask Jesus, consume me again. Consume me again. Overshadow my life. We need impartation from the Holy Ghost that brings transformation. Hallelujah. Number two today, intimacy is what develops faith to believe the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit is going to tell you some, some things in your life to do and to go to places. He's going to direct you and orchestrate your life and actually you're going to need faith. You're going to need faith to believe what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. You see, in, in, in the book of Acts, even Paul is directed away and took just from a dream with the man in Macedonia is redirected to another place. You have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost to know where he is leading you and guiding you. And do you know what? Do you know what? That comes from intimacy. You will, if you want to know what God wants you to do and the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, it's all down to intimacy. I mean, I I meet people sometimes, they say, I really want to know what God's will is for my life. Well, I've not heard that one before. Don't we all? The truth is this, how intimate are you with Jesus? Because what we do is we run to the characters. We run to the prophets in the play of our lives. We run to the people in the play and say, And really what's happening is we're not spending time with Jesus. We're running to the prophets. We're running to the characters in the drama to find the answer. When he says, I want you to spend time with me. Because it's there where you'll get faith to believe what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. He says this, Elizabeth, in verse 36, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child, the angel said, in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. This is what Mary answers with. She says, I am the Lord's servant. 
Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. In other words, Mary's saying this, I believe because I have relationship. I believe because I am the Lord's servant. So may your word to me be fulfilled. You see, if we lack intimacy, we reduce expectancy. That's what happens. If you're not expectant for Jesus to do things in your life, then I question whether you're intimate with him. The room's gone very quiet. But it's true. If we're not intimate with Jesus, then we don't get his agenda. We don't get his vision. We don't get what he wants to do. And so we get frustrated. If you aren't expectant today, then you need to get into the quiet place again. You need to get into the place where Jesus starts talking to you and revealing his plans and not your plans. Because what will happen is you'll start getting frustrated and saying and upset with God that God's not doing anything. And all God's saying is, is just get in that place with me. Let me tell you the impossible and the inconceivable about your life. Wow. Let me tell you what you think is inconceivable. Come and talk to me and I'll show you. Because I'm going to do it. But some of us, no, 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 no. We, just, we spend time away saying, I can't work this out. The danger is we can serve God wholeheartedly and a heart that lacks any supernatural expectancy at all. We can have a heart that is just giving everything to Jesus. Oh, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to go and serve here. But actually, we've got no expectancy for anything. I want to just show you a character. In the Bible, just a few verses earlier, and this is about six months earlier. And this is Zechariah the priest in the temple. He gets a very, very similar visit. He gets a similar visit to Mary. But his outcome is very different. It says this in Luke 1 verse 13. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. There you go again. For your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. He's talking about John the Baptist. Then verse 18. Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am a man, for I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. I hope his wife wasn't around at the time. Then verse 20. But behold, this is what the response is. Behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Here we have two characters, Zacharias and Mary, both getting a visit from Gabriel, both getting a visit to say you're going to bear a child, this is what's going to happen, your wife Elizabeth is going to bear a child and Mary gets the same thing. Both of them respond and you would think that it looks that they give a very similar response and when I read this I thought I feel a little bit sorry for Zacharias because Why is it that he's been struck dumb and mute? He can't speak for the whole nine months term. That's a long time to not speak. I mean, Emma would be quite happy if that happened in our house. Nine months quiet. Nine months he gets zipped. 
Mary, she, oh, it's, it's very different from Mary. Oh, it's, Mary's like the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Poor Zacharias. The response is, behold, you'll be mute. You're not going to be able to speak for nine months. You can't even say thank you very much. I find this interesting. Because when I read this, I realized something. That he was a praying man. Verse 13 says, for your prayer has been heard. So that the angel appears, da-da, I'm Gabriel. You're going to lose your voice in a minute, but I'm Gabriel. And let me tell you, this is what's going to happen. And, and, this was, and, 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 and then Gabriel says this, your prayer has been heard. By the way, your prayers get heard. Did you know that? Your prayers get heard. So if you're thinking, oh, I, I, I've prayed and nothing's been heard. Gabriel responds, the first thing is, your prayer has been heard. Then, he's muted. Amen. He's muted. He says, how will this be? Do you know some of us pray prayers we don't believe they're going to get answered? We pray to God and ask Him to do things in our lives. We're so religious. We're at church every week. He was in the temple. He was in the temple. This was a priest in the temple of God. It says it was the time when everyone was praying and the incense was going up. He was in the temple and they were waiting for him to come out. He says they were waiting a long time. So they were wondering what's going on. The incense is burning. Where's Zacharias? He's inside there. He can't speak. He's seen an angel. He is a religious man. You know, you can't get much religious than that. Get a priest in the temple. And all these guys are outside waiting for him to come out. I'll tell you why he got struck mute. Because he prayed but he didn't believe. He says, how will this be? Because it can't happen. The response from Mary is, okay, tell me how it's going to happen then. Tell me how it will happen, not it's impossible. How is it going to happen then? Because I'm a servant of the Most High. You see, you can be a priest. You can be look religious. You can look like you've got the part, but you don't believe God will answer your prayers. You can give it all in church, but actually don't believe in God. That he answers the prayers that you pray. Just be careful what you pray because you might be mute for nine months. If you don't believe. You see, I'd have loved to have seen what happened that day. When he walked out of the temple. And everyone's like, so what's happening there? He can't speak. Goes home, his wife sees him. How's Zacharias? How's the temple today? You know? Do you know something? God wants to show you stuff that is inconceivable to you. And it comes through intimacy. You can be religious in the temple. You can be doing everything. You can be here serving God every week, working on every different type of road you want to work on. But listen to me. Unless you're intimate with Jesus Christ, unless you spend time listening to the Holy Ghost, you are not going to believe what the Holy Spirit tells you about your life. Why? 
Because you rely on service. You rely on what you do rather than who you know. I don't want to know. I don't want to rely on what I do. I want to rely on him who I know. Because when the test comes... If all you can rely upon is that you covered four weeks slots on the coffee machine. Sorry. It's not just that I picked on the worship team the other week. But we're not here to rely on our service. Because our service to God will not give you faith to believe what the Holy Spirit is telling you in your life. It's intimacy. Intimacy. 1 Corinthians 2 9 to 10, Paul says this, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Then verse 10 is the game changer. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. Everyone who... I've heard many people talk on these verses, and we forget verse 10 that actually... The things that God is doing in our lives and orchestrating is actually He's revealing them. He's not hiding them. Or, you know, the things that are just so big what God's doing, we'd never even, we never even understand what He's doing for us. No, it doesn't say that. Verse 10 says, these things are revealed to us by His Spirit. If you are not spending time with Jesus, then you won't have revelation of what He's telling you. No human mind is conceived. That's because it doesn't come from the mind. It comes from the Spirit. The Spirit of God. Finally, number three. Expectancy releases joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You see, when you spend time with Jesus and you understand that it's His power and you understand what He's doing in your life and you begin to have a faith to believe for the stuff that He's telling you and He wants to do in your life, when you start to do that, do you know what will happen? Joy will begin to come. Expectancy will begin to rise up inside of you. Because when you're expectant, you get joyful. I don't know about you, but if I ever book a holiday, I'm expecting I'm going. I'm joyful. Because I know I'm going. If I know I'm going somewhere, I get happy. Have you ever seen that at Christmas? Everyone's always happy in the office at the last week, aren't they? They're never like that through the year. Joe. I'm only joking. <laughs> Joe's brilliant all year round. 365 days a year. But we are. I used to be in the office... Honestly, I've never seen so many happy people in the last week. How are you doing? What are you doing for Christmas? Everyone's happy when they know they're going to do something. When you're expectant, you're joyful. And so what the Holy Spirit wants to do is this. He wants you to get to intimacy. Then understand it's His power that will achieve the impossible. Then when you get that, you'll get expectant. You see what we see here, Mary... What happens is she then runs to Elizabeth's house. She is ecstatic. Wow! She isn't silenced. She's happy. 
And she runs down to this town in Judea. She runs all the way down to knock on the door of Elizabeth's house. To tell her this is what's just happened to me. Because I believe it. I know it. The power of the Most High is going to come upon me. I'm going to bear a child. Oh, it's going to be amazing. And she goes and knocks on the door. And I can just imagine the scene because Zachariah is inside there. His time hasn't come. He's still silent. In fact, it says that he took Elizabeth into seclusion. In other words, he took her inside. He wouldn't let her go out because of what had happened. So they were living in silence in the house. This house, you wouldn't want to go around there for dinner. There wouldn't be much conversation. He was quiet. All of a sudden, you've got Mary rocking up, knocking on the door. Hey, let me in. I got some news for you. Zachariah's like, trying to say get the door. Elizabeth opens the door. He's silent. In fact, even his own wife doesn't understand why he's got silent. Because since he left the temple, he was silent. No one knows yet. And she walks in. She is joyful. Do you know the first thing that happens when she's expectant and she walks in? The moment Elizabeth hears her greeting, the baby inside leaps in her womb. It leaps in her womb. Because there's an expectancy in the spirit. Let me tell you, when there's unity in the spirit, there's expectancy in the spirit. You see, we've got to get as a church more unified so that we get more expectant for what he's doing. So that when I say to you, God is moving, God is doing something, there is a season coming up that you don't get discouraged and you say, actually, I feel it in my spirit and I feel the kick in my spirit that responds to that. Not, I don't really see that. I don't really see that. I want to tell you that when we get expectant, God can move in our hearts. Mary hurries to Zachariah's home. She greets Elizabeth and Elizabeth's baby leaps in her womb. Zachariah is still silent. Can I just say something here? When Zachariah heard what he heard, I believe that in his heart he was joyful. Do you know there are people that you meet sometimes and they look sad. But inside, they're joyful. You see, I believe in all that nine months of silence that he had. Those months of silence that actually inside he'd heard what God had said. In his heart, he was joyful, but he couldn't express it. Nine months listening to God in that time of knowing what God is going to do. Can I just say this to you? I really believe that God wants to say this to some people today. Because I believe there are people sometimes who look sad. But inside there is a joy. Inside. There's a joy that's inside. Why? Because 1 Peter 1 verse 8. Peter says this. We are filled with an inexpressible joy. And glorious joy, says. Do you know, 
And inexpressible joy means you can't express it sometimes. You see, if you've got the joy of the Holy Ghost inside of you, sometimes you're not going to show it on the outside. See, I've been in those meetings, and I've, I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've, I love a good Holy Ghost meeting. I love it when I go to places and people are touched by the power of God. People are, are manifesting and, and, and there's all manner of things happening. I love that. Why? Because that's the way that God works. He just loves to touch people. And when heaven comes down on people, it's, it's the impossible touching you. It's when God touches you and he overshadows you, things are going to happen. But I don't know about you. I've been in meetings when I've walked in. People are laughing in the spirit. And all I'm thinking about is that my car MOT failed earlier on in the day. And I don't feel like laughing. You ever had that? Someone's laughing in the spirit and you're thinking about how am I going to get the money to pay for the car? I'm in a bad season. I'm in a quiet season here. I can't, I can't do this. You're happy, I'm not. Do you know what? Can I just say something? Can I just release you all? It's okay to not laugh if someone else is laughing. Do you know what? If you laugh because someone makes you laugh, you've lost self-control. And that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. You've lost the ability. Why? Because you're moving by flesh and not by the Spirit. If you have to do something to prove a point, you see, I don't want to prove any point. I don't want any courtesy giggles. I don't want any courtesy drops. I don't want to be moved by people. Because sometimes I might look a little bit sad. But inside, the joy of the Holy Ghost is inside of me in my tough season. Just like he was for Zacharias. He heard what God had said. He was in a season of contemplation. He was in a season where he was listening to the voice of God. In fact, I I believe he heard God probably more than he's ever heard in that time. Listen to me. Don't worry if you're not laughing like your friends laughing. Don't worry if you don't look as joyful as them because we're not here to follow the characters. We're not here to look at the drama. We're here to listen to the Holy Ghost. And if you're going through a tough season, well, you are going to go through tough seasons. You are going to go through times when you walk into church and you look a little bit down. But do you know there's a reason why you look down sometimes? It's so that people can pick you up and encourage you. Because if you come in laughing when you're not feeling like that, people are never going to know. God gave us the ability to show our emotions for a reason. He gave you the ability to cry for a reason. So that people can see your emotions and they can lift you. That's what the church is for. Not for us to become here like actors. Walking in looking like we're happy just to keep the show running. God needs you to show your emotions. Why? So he can use the church to lift you. But let me tell you, when you've got inexpressible joy, it's not stolen through seasons, through storms like I spoke on last week. Those, that inexpressible joy is there because it's from the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Psalm 126.5, I come to a close. The team want to just come back. Psalm 126.5 says, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Hallelujah. 
Do you know why I said this? Because Ecclesiastes, I said it the other week, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, talks about there's a time for everything. A time to mourn. There's a time in your life to be happy. There's a time. There are seasons. There are seasons you're going to go through. But as we walk through them together, let me tell you something. There is a season coming. If you're sowing with tears, with with joy, there's going to be joy is going to be released. Because there's a moment when Zacharias gets a release. I want to just read this to you. In Luke 1, verse 63, a little, little later on, it says this, Zechariah asked for a writing tablet. Now they want, to, they want Zacharias to give the name of the child when John is born. And so they, they ask him, and he says, pass me the writing tablet, you know. He's waving to the other side of the room, get me that tablet, I need to write the name. So they pass the tablet, he can't speak. He says this, Zechariah asked for the writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God, and all the neighbors were filled with awe. Hallelujah. He says just after that, he prophesied. Let me tell you, that doesn't sound like a man who's not got a relationship with God. That doesn't sound like someone who, who has lost all, is disconnected from the source of the Holy Ghost. This sounds like someone in his season of disappointment, in his season where he has been hemmed in and feels like he can't speak and he doesn't know what to say, in that season of mourning and disappointment in himself, in that season, all of a sudden, his mouth is opened and he releases and it says he praises God. The joy comes bursting out. You see, I want to tell you today some good news that whatever you feel like today, whatever you feel in your heart, even if you feel like you're in a season that you're silent, when you feel like God's forgotten you, let me tell you some good news. He is with you. He's never left you. He doesn't forsake His children. And just because you can't laugh does not mean He's left you. Just because you find it hard to laugh, He ain't left you. Because your season's coming when the river of God will burst from the inside of you and it will flow and you will see that joy will come again. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit is working in your life even when you don't know it. Come on, let's stand. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless, and goodbye.